You're listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week. For more information on this message and other resources, visit queencity.church. Hey, good morning. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. How many of you guys think Dan should have a podcast? Voice has, his voice is just soothing. Like sometimes when he talks, I'm just like, man, I just want to get a cup of coffee, maybe a glass of wine, and listen to uh, Dan talk. You know, I'm just saying. Like, I just, I just love him. It's, it's great. But anyway, uh, I, I just so appreciate being here as usual uh, and being home with you guys and love our church, love Robin. Uh, gosh, can't say it enough. And, um, you know, there's one thing I, I've been observing over just the past couple of months, just even within our QCC family is a lot of people have been going through some stuff. You know, a lot of families are going through some stuff. But man, one of the things I'm really encouraged by is the faithfulness of the Lord, but also the faithfulness of the people of this church that are enduring through these seasons. And i that's one thing I just really wanted to say before we even get into the message is, man, the the, the faithfulness that this congregation has in the midst of trial and life is just so beautiful. And uh, I just want to bless you guys this morning and just let you know that, um, you know, we're standing with you. You're not alone. Uh, you are being um, supported. You're, you, you have a, a support system within this church. And Robin, if you're watching, we love you. We bless you. And we know that you're going to come back strong and healed. And for all of those too, that I know many that are walking through many things. We are with you and we're standing with you. So I just wanted to say that. Uh, just love you guys so much. Love this church. So uh, we're going to continue our uh, following Jesus series this morning. Uh, I'm going to be speaking about my all-time favorite topic, which is worship. How many people love worship in this room? Love to worship the Lord. Uh, I want to talk about the significance of uh, the importance of, of worship and praise. Obviously, this is something very vital to a walk with the Lord, to a walk in Christendom. Like, th- there is no Christendom without worship and praise. It's just, it's, it's at the very core um, and I think often in the modern church, it can be viewed as something that is a little bit less than. It's changing these days, but sometimes it's viewed as the opening act. I got news for you. It is not the opening act. Uh, we are not going to be standing around the throne quoting Charles Spurgeon. We're going to be standing around the throne singing holy, 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 right? Like we're going to be singing to the Lord. We're going to be dancing I've referenced this before, but we're going to be, you know, probably flying, swimming underwater, you know, these kinds of things, worshiping. I'm, I'll be very disappointed if I'm not going to be doing that. But I, that's how I envision myself, worshiping the Lord. But worship is absolutely vital to not just this life, but our eternal life. So we've got to have an understanding of what worship is. So this morning, I want to do two things, and we're going to go kind of basic up top. And then at the, the second and, you know, towards the end, I want to speak directly to this church. I, I feel like I have a, a word um, for Queen City Church in regards to worship. But I want to look at the scriptures and just look at worship and praise and just kind of break it down real quick. So, uh, obviously, let's start with the definition because a good preacher does that. You start with the definition, you pause, you make everyone absorb it, and you're like, yeah, I got that from the dictionary. And uh, I'm really intelligent. So... Worship is the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity. I'd like to replace a with the deity, uh, God himself. Um, and we obviously know that. But another, you know, uh, definition for this is to literally bow before, to surrender to. 
That is so pivotal in this positioning of worship. Worship is just one big surrender. It's a, it's a beautiful surrender to something much larger than we could ever understand, much bigger than we could ever fathom, something so cosmic and amazing and, you know, uncreated. Think about that, that we are worshiping God himself that created the universe, the space, the cosmos, perhaps the multiverse for those Marvel fans out here. There is stuff out there that is completely unbelievable that the God that we worship created with his mind, his words, and his imagination. And on top of that, he loves us. Think about that. He knows, according to his word, he knows you by your name. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows the secrets of your life. He takes time to do that. He's actually standing on his throne. And and according to Zephaniah 3.17, when we worship, he gets up in a violent emotion off of his throne and spins around violently because he's so pleased with our worship. Can you imagine that? God himself getting up off his throne because he is looking at, what is it, 8 billion, 7 billion people on this earth and says, hey, you right here, man, I love when you worship. And he gets up off his throne and he has a violent emotion towards that. How can we not respond? This is worship. It's seeing who he is, it's surrendering to him and it's giving honor to the deity himself and saying, God, I want to give you everything that I am because honestly, you are worth it. You deserve it. There's no other answer. Theologically, you can go deep and be like, well, God deserves to be worshiped because, but no, it's just that he deserves it. He deserves our love. He sent his son, made the ultimate sacrifice so that we can live, that we can live under a new covenant. We can walk in freedom. We can have communion with him. He deserves to be worshiped. We worship because it is right. We worship because it is what we were born to do. How many of you guys agree with that? So, um, you know, King David wrote some good reasons to worship the Lord, and I want to read them. It's Psalms 146, 6 through 10. It says this, He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates, he he frustrates the way of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. I want to encourage you. If you ever are in a spot where you're like, why should I worship the Lord? Read that verse. It literally covers every like sect of Christianity. There is like, you know, the justice movement people, Hey, he, he, he looks after the oppressed, you know, the charismatics. It's like all the splendor and all that kind of stuff. You know, all, all the different things that you want to look at. It's in that scripture. It's in that, that text right there. And it just shows you how good he is. He's worthy to be worshiped. And it's like when David was writing this, it was like, I I can imagine him in the field just being like, oh my goodness, look at all the aspects of the Lord and how can I not respond? Do you guys ever get in that moment to where you just are saying, I can't help but respond to the goodness of God? Even in the, even in the rough times, it's just like, I have to respond. I was talking with someone actually just last night and, uh, they were saying, they were like, man, you know, I, I've, I've kind of been in this spot where I just don't really want, you know, well, not currently, but I've been in the spot lately where I was like, I didn't know what I thought about the Lord. I didn't want organized religion. I didn't want any of that kind of stuff. 
But he said, there was this aching and longing that I just had to have an interaction with Jesus. I had to have an interaction with the spirit. And so he was telling me, he went down like this rabbit trail of worship songs. And if you know, you know, you know, he, he started with like super, uh, you know, mainstream and ended up on show me your face. If you know, show me your face, you understand. Uh, and the, and the OG version. And, uh, you know, he was just saying, I never, I haven't felt that alive in years. And just that little taste of worship changed his whole perspective that shows you where and how the power of worship impacts our lives. It's in our core. When we turn that music on, when we spend that time with the Lord, something changes. You can try to talk yourself out of it a million times, but I guarantee you when you worship the Lord, look at him instantly. The atmosphere changes instantly. Things are different. Instantly you are connected with the Lord because it's what we were born to do. And he's got, you've got a million, billion, gazillion reasons to worship him. Worship is everything. And we are meant to do worship in everything. You've heard me say this a million times. And I'll probably repeat a few things I've said before. But if you read 1 Corinthians 10, 31, it says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So there, there's really no room for um, confusion there. It's whatever you do. Literally, whatever you do. I mean, we can really get down to the brass tacks, like just the gnarly stuff you do. Do it before the Lord and worship him. I mean, like, y'all have heard me tell the story. Changing a diaper. Worship the Lord. Gagging. Just absolutely just despising your life, but loving that, that gross baby. You know, just worship the Lord. Just give him your heart. You know, and that, and I don't want to tell that story again, but it's nasty. You know, but like the Lord, I, I'm telling you, I never felt the Holy Spirit more than when I was in that moment. And a lot of times I've found in the mundane, when I position my heart to worship him, I feel him more than being in a room of 2,000 people and we're all singing, you know, the same song. Sometimes it's like the Lord's just like, I want to be in those small little places. And when we actually position our hearts to say, hey, I actually want to do this as a lifestyle, literally in everything, just like it says in, in 1 Corinthians 10.31, he meets us and he's present. This lifestyle of worship is not as complicated as we make it. You know, we try to make all these steps. No, it's just live with him. Do unto him everything. The good, the bad, the ugly, and things change. Another thing I want to I, I wanna talk about in this whole worship lifestyle is there's actually a biblical process. There's a biblical process about how to go about things. And uh, it's in Psalms 100, 4 through 5. And I want to break it down into practically 2.5 steps. It says here, enter his gates with a song of thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him, bless and praise his name. I want to tell you something. You want to do the, uh, the steps of worship correctly, start with thanksgiving. Always start with a thankful heart. I'm telling you, it changes everything. Worship leaders, creatives, whatever. You're, if you are facilitating a worship moment, start with thanksgiving. Start with thankfulness. Go in with a thankful heart and things will change. And then from that place, from that thanksgiving and that, that, that place of being grateful, there's a revelation of Jesus that begins to happen. So in other words, thank, thanksgiving and the reason he laid it out this way, it gets your eyes off of you onto Jesus. Often, I'm just going to be honest here, we have to sometimes in life look for things to be thankful for. How many are you, how many of you are in that season right now? You actually have to, you got to search. 
You know, it's like we're going on a treasure hunt for something to be thankful for. But sometimes when you position yourself to say, I have to look for what to be thankful for, and you find Jesus in those little things, like the breath in your lungs, the children that you have, the house that you have, the car that you have. And sometimes we forget about those things, but when we, when we really are intentional and say, thank you, Jesus, it goes from us to him. And then from that place of a revelation of Jesus, we can praise and actually give him a true, authentic love that is untainted with all of our stuff because we are beyond that. Again, I'm not saying that stuff is bad, but a grateful, thankful heart actually gets you past it and onto him and looking at him, and then you're able to praise. So when it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, we start with that thankfulness and then enter into that praise. And there is such a beautiful thing about praise. Worship, yes, all day, every day, do it all the time. But praise is actually a sacrifice. How many of you guys have actually like praised, praised? I'm talking about like got hot and sweaty, embarrassed yourself. Who's ever done that before? I, and I know if some of you ain't raising your hands, I have seen you. I've got videotape footage. I will post it on social media. No, I'm just kidding. Because I want you to still love me and I don't want you to kill me. So, um, but, but like when you praise, praise, it really is a sacrifice. It could be vocally, it could be through you know, physical expression. It could be, you know, through creativity, but there is something that goes beyond this place of just kind of like shine, Jesus shine to where there is a praise coming out of you. It's guttural. It's sacrificial. It's something that's a choice. And there's something that's so amazing that when we praise something opens up that thankfulness has been acquired. And now we're going to another place. And that praise is like, Lord, you are good. I see you. In, in the trees. I see you in, in my friends. I see you in my conversations. And when we're in that place, it's like the atmosphere can't help but acknowledge God is here. And it's, it's a beautiful thing when you actually give him that space. It's not religious people. And if you think it's religious, slap yourself a little bit and say, it's actually biblical. And he gives us really, really clear steps of how to do it. That's why I love the Bible. The Bible is not this religious text that's meant to keep us in this box and keep our lives miserable. It's actually meant to give us life to the fullest. I like to tell people a lot of times because when they're like, man, the Bible says I can't do this. I'm like, listen, it's a, it's a dummy's guide to life. It really is. It's like God laid it out and was just like, hey, don't do this because if you do, here's the consequences. It's not like, hey, don't do this because I just, I, don't, I just don't like it. It's not my taste. That's not, that's not God. He's actually laying it out for humanity and saying, hey, here are the steps. Super easy. You want to access my presence? You want to worship me? You want to interact in this beautiful way that I've set up? Enter in with Thanksgiving? Praise. Done. Go to bed. You, you get what I mean? It's awesome. And it's like when you really start viewing the Bible that way, because I mean, I love the big thinkers and I love all that kind of stuff. But sometimes I'm like, Thanksgiving praise. I don't need your theological opinions. You get what I mean? It's just like, well, let's just worship the Lord. He wants our interaction. We don't have to complicate things so much. And, and, um, all that to say is that praise is just so beautiful. And one of the things that praise does is it actually causes us to decrease. This is biblical. I'll read this here. John 3.30 says, I must increase. I'm sorry. He must increase so that well, somebody put that up there. He must be, become greater. I must become less. Thank you. I was like, which, which one is it? I was re- remembering an old scripture uh, song that we sing in the Assemblies of God. But seriously, we've got, when we praise, it's like, we decrease so that he can become more in us. 
And it's such a beautiful thing. And it, it's like when we give him space through just sacrifice, he actually fills us up so that he can begin to move in us in this beautiful way. And so I want to look at the word praise, and I'm actually going to look at it. Now, listen to me. I just want to give you a, a little warning here. I'm going to look at the word praise, but we're going to look at seven different versions of this word, okay? I'm going charismatic here. I want you to, to come, come with me. Now, listen, most of the time when I do this, I have people interact with me. I'm not going to do that to you today, so you can take a sigh of relief, all right? But uh, we usually act out what I'm reading. We're not going to do that today. We might get there, but we ain't, we ain't there yet. I'm just going to be honest, all right? So uh, I want to look at, at praise, and again, we're going to read the definition. Praise is the expression of respect and gratitude as an act of worship. Uh, and so there are seven different words of praise here. Now, one thing I want to say about praise is that Again, it, it really takes you this step further. And I think sometimes we get in this place of we're like, well, you know, that ain't us. We, we're not a praise church. We're, you know, we're, we're a worship church. Uh, you could be both. You could be both and praise is, it's in your heart. It's in your, it's not all about the physical expression. Yes, that is a part of it. But a lot of times it's that positioning of your heart to praise the Lord, to literally exhort his name, to, to speak of his goodness, to set your mind to a place of saying he is good no matter what. Even though I'm going through stuff, he's good according to his word, according to what I believe, according to what I feel, he is good. And praising just takes you to that place. And so I want to go through these seven different words because they all have a different meaning with the same root word. So the first one is, and I want you to say it after me, say Tehillia. It means to praise vocally in songs or shout. The power of Tehillia expresses itself vocally so that there is no doubt who the star is in the room. And I love that because oftentimes when you do just lift up your voice, how many of you guys have ever been in those services where someone says lift up your voice, you don't want to do it, you do it, and then there's that kind of moment of breakthrough? Like it could be emotionally, but most of the time it's spiritually, but sometimes it's emotionally, but you're just having that moment of like, oh, like it's like a, that burden lifted. Anybody ever felt that? Do it often. It's, it's so amazing. That's a part of praise. And then in the scriptures, you can read in Psalms 104, they're actually referencing that word to heal you there. All right, next word is zamar. Say zamar. That means to praise with instruments. So if you've ever questioned yourself and said, do instruments belong in the church? Read the Bible. It's in Psalms 33 two. I'm telling you, I've actually said this in, in places before people have walked out and got offended because I gave them the scripture that proved to them that you can have instruments in church. They were like, crap and they walked out <laughs> and i'm like hey it's in, it's in the scripture all right here's the next one tada say tada that means a shouting call for corporate praise so again i'm going to ruffle some feathers here when the pastor gets up and says everybody get a shout give a shout and you're annoyed it's in the scripture it means a call for corporate praise it's a beautiful thing when we are together joining in, lifting up our voice and releasing that, something happens. And it's actually biblical. So next time the pastor gets up here and says, let's lift our voices. Don't roll those eyes. Let out that, let out that shout. Okay. It's in the scriptures in Psalm 50, 14 through 15. All right. The next one is yada. Say yada. That means to lift up or throw arms upward in praise and surrender. So again, I've had so many worship school students say, why do people lift up their hands? And, you know, for those of us that grew up super traditional, we, we know 
people are like, you know, it's an act of surrender. And we thought that was just kind of like, oh, okay, that's just the, that's the worship leader and pastor looking for a response. No, it's actually scriptural. I believe so much so that the Lord knows humanity and knows that that is a very vulnerable thing to do. Your hands are up. What do you have left to protect? That, that's how much I think God thinks about these things. Isn't that amazing? That he knows someone like me who is prideful in nature just hates lifting his hands, but when he does, he can meet me and gut punch me in the spirit. And, and, and it's because I'm finally saying, okay, I give up. And he knows humanity enough to where he says, lift your hands, praise in this sign of like unprotected surrender that he can fully take you. If that's not cool, I don't know what is. He thinks about the little things and that praise can take you to that place just by lifting your hands. And you can find that in Psalms 42.5. And I'm sorry if I'm going through this really quick, but it's just a lot of scripture and I didn't want to have to read it all just to be honest with you. All right. The next one's called Barack, not to be mistaken with Barack Obama. Um, this means to kneel and bless God as an act of adoration. So again, some of these things that we're seeing in church that we've thought is like religious and, you know, why are they making me do this? It's another sign of surrender. It's a sign of bowing before the Lord. You actually do that. It's in reverence. When we do those kinds of things, we're remembering. It's, it's somber. It's sober. It's like, Lord, thank you. You, you know, sometimes I, I wake up in the morning and just, you know, see, see my family or think about different things. And I'm like, how the heck did I get here? You know, I think that's a Barack moment. Just, just let reverence and like, Lord, why are you so good? Why are you so good? You know, and it's just, it's a, it's a, it's such a holy type of praise. And so one of the things I want you to see here is that praise doesn't have to look just like one thing. It's different expressions. We don't have to put it in this box of where you got to do a two-step all the time. Sometimes it is that rev, that reverential, just God, I, I'm looking at you and I'm in awe of how amazing you are. And you can find that in Psalms 63. The next one is, I've got two more. The next one, we've all heard this, especially if you grew up in uh, either like Assemblies of God or uh, any black churches, anything like that, which I grew up in both. I heard this word a lot. It's Shabbat. Now, if you've seen Shabbat, you know what I'm talking about. Shabbat is, uh, Shabbat is not, is not your normal praise. They actually say it's a guttural response to the Lord to actually shout and command at a gut level. Now, if you've ever heard that, it can be something. It's not, and it's not your like, it's not like your, oh, thank you, Lord. I'll praise, you know, praise your name. It's that, wow, you know, just that, wow, you know, it's even, it's even more than that, like scary. I want to tell a quick story. We had a guy at our church. His name was Joe Heathcote. Y'all ready for this? Joe Heathcote. Okay. This man was the definition of Shabbat. Okay. He would place himself in different areas of the church. I'm not kidding. He was about like seven feet tall. He would place, he was a train conductor. He would place himself in different areas of the church. And there would be that moment. Now, who grew up like this? There'd be that moment in the service where it'd get real quiet. And then all of a sudden, here comes Joe Heathcote. You never knew where he was. So you kind of kept your, you know, you kind of, and all of a sudden, like, it would get real quiet. So let's, let's pretend we're doing a song like, shine Jesus, shine crescendo. And all of a sudden he does, you know, and he's, he's, he, he just starts just, wow. And we're, and literally everyone in the church goes like this. 
And, and so like he does this thing. And again, he positions himself in all different areas of the church. Well, we had another guy named Brett. He was from Nigeria. He was up in the sound booth. So he would respond, you know, tongues and interpretation. He'd respond. And it would be the same thing every time. He'd be like, behold, I'm coming quickly. And then he would do his own fade out. He was like, quickly, quickly, quickly. <laughs> Quickly. And then sometimes he'd fade himself back in. He'd be like, quickly, quickly. <laughs> and like, and like we're, all, we're all like, oh, my God, waiting for the eastern sky to open up. But anyway, that that's that Shabbat. That's that guttural kind of like ah, from the depths of you. And sometimes it's ridiculous. Sometimes it's powerful. Sometimes you just kind of like be quiet. But it happens. It's that place of saying, I remember and celebrating. You, how many of you have been there? I remember, I know many of us have just being in that place of saying, I remember, I heard someone say this the other day and they were, they were talking about church and they were talking about praise and uh, it was, it was a lady and she was kind of venting about how she miss, misses the old days. And she was like, man, I miss when church felt like a place where you could come and bring your burdens. You can come and bring your days, your weeks and have an emotional release. And it was safe. That's, that's Shabbat. And she was like, and it, it was like, it was like kind of, you know, it was, people are quiet. Some people are, you know, worshiping, but there's other people just being like, Wah! you know, just moaning. And it's like, they're releasing. Listen, guys, that's what church is meant to be. I'm not saying we had, that's our end goal and that's what we're looking for. But man, there are people that are waiting to release this kind of thing. And it's because it's inside of them and it's a response to God and remembering and saying, I know what you took me through. I'm still alive and you can't help but just, you know what I mean? Like, and I know many of us feel it, man, what would it be like if we released it? And that's not looking for a charismatic response. That's looking for a response from the heart. It, who cares what you look like or sound like, or if it's fulfilling a charismatic desire and like all this kind of stuff. No, it's just about, man, he, he wants that heart. And this is a part of it. This is a part of the expression of praise. I, and the, the Shabbat one gets me going, so don't get me started. But yeah, I, I've seen a lot of Shabbat. I, I wish y'all could see. I wish I had video footage of Joe Heathcote, man. He was just a legend. Uh, anyway, next one and last one is halal. And you can find this in uh, Psalms 22.2. It means to boast foolishly, to make a show of it. It says, I will tell your name to my brothers and sisters in the midst of the congregation. I will praise you. So this is my favorite one to really... Ruffle feathers is, and I, I usually talk to pastors here, but Robin's not here and I know he'd be into it, so I, I don't have to challenge him. But usually I look at a pastor and be like, that means in the midst of your congregation, people can praise his name. And if you even go deeper into the definition, it means to be like, it means to be a shining and vibrant and like actually like bringing attention to how much you love the Lord, which makes people kind of be like, well, you're not spoken, sir, you're in the flesh. Duh, I'm a human being. I'm made of flesh. I'm always in the flesh. I cannot stand that phrase. But it's like, yeah, let, sometimes people have to worship and they got to do what they got to do. And, and sometimes you got to let it go and just let that halal out. And yeah, that's not for every congregation, but man, sometimes people do it. And like, man, it's because that's the response in their heart. This is what's so beautiful in the kingdom of God. It's not, this is how we are. This is how they are. This is, it's just praise is praise. And how beautiful would it be if there was a place where people could just come and praise in any way, anyway, just be you, be you, however it is. But there is this response in our hearts that we want to give to him because it is just, we can't help it. We can't help it. 
Uh, one, one quick biblical story I want to tell, uh, instead of uh, embarrassing uh, stories from my childhood, is um, 2 Chronicles 20. We've all heard this story. Uh, but this is uh, really just about the power of worship and praise and when you lean into it. Uh, we all know the story of Jehoshaphat. He's surrounded. If you don't know Jehoshaphat, it's the most unfortunate name of all time. But there is this whole thing that's happening. He's surrounded by all these armies. And I'm just going to preface this. Um, and he's pretty much in the, in, the, in the place of, God, I don't know what to do. I have no idea what to do. Uh, he calls a fast. He tells everybody, we just, we got, we got to figure this out, you know, or we're going to be murdered. So God in his, his beautiful sovereignty sends a prophet. And the prophet tells him, he says, go out into the field. Don't do anything. Like, just go out. Don't do anything. Stand and worship. And I'll make it happen. So I'm prefacing this like a ton, okay? And so he, he, he sends, he sends the, the armies out. And, uh, you know, these, all these guys and different nations are around him, ready to attack him. And so they just go out there and they worship. And they just stand and wait on the Lord. And what begins to happen? The enemy turns on themselves and begins to kill each other. And they're just standing there just worshiping, just loving on the Lord. And they, they defeat the enemy. And I believe that this is the power of worship and praise. This is not one of those things where we can just talk about it and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that happens. No, for real. Worship and praise change things. They change things. I remember one time uh, my wife was, was having um, a, a rough day and she was um, doing something. She was going for a drive and she was texting me and she was like, I just can't figure out how to get out of this fog, you know. So we were just texting back and forth. This wasn't like a, 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 a aha moment that David the prophet provided to his wife that just so needed the help. No, she actually got, she was like, you know what, I just, I think I'm going to just worship. And so I just texted her. I said, hey, um, why don't you just sing your heart to the Lord? Like just whatever, you know? And so I'm not even sure what she's saying, but she, she was telling me she, she began to sing um, in this place of just like, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to feel, but I need you. And in that moment, I mean, this must have been, give me a yes or no, but this must have been like a six months, eight months worth of stuff that she was processing. And in that moment, it broke. And, and I'm telling you, there was a stark difference in her countenance, in her, in her, you know, just in the joy was restored because in a minute she leaned into that place of worship and praise from even weakness and the Lord like immediately strengthened her just because of that vulnerability of just kind of like in second Chronicles there, she just stood and waited on the Lord and just said, Lord, I have no idea what to do, but I'm going to look at you. I'm going to worship you. And then in a moment he met her. That's the goodness of our Lord. That's the goodness of God. That's the power of worship. So I want to encourage you, if you are in those moments and you are in those, those areas of life, stop and worship. It could be two minutes. It could be one minute. It could be an hour, whatever you want to do. But begin to just worship the Lord. Wait on him. Look at him. And he will meet you every time. Every time. And as we talk about this, I, I want to... Um, I want to transition just a minute into QCC. And I, I woke up this morning. This was not the direction I was going to go, but I woke up this morning just kind of with like a, a burning, like I just need to speak into this. 
I, I think, and I, I feel like I could say this with confidence, um, that one of the core values of this church is worship. And it's not just the, the idea of worship. We are called as a church to really, really lean into the culture of worship. We are really, really called to know the what and the why of what we're doing in worship. And it is by no mistake that, that Robin and, and John Mark and many of these others have felt a call and a, um, a draw to creatives and musicians. It's not because they just have a lean towards it. It's actually because this church has a calling towards worship and creativity. And I just really felt from the Lord that in, in the coming season that we are meant to lean into this even more. And I, I just, I, I feel and I see that QCC is just going to lean into this lifestyle of worship in a new way. And I, I just, even for worship leaders and singers, I, I was feeling really strong that there's going to be songs that are going to come out of here. This is in no way going after labels or anything like that, but we're going to start writing songs for the city, the surrounding neighborhoods. And I, 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 I was thinking of Kim. Kim, where are you? Okay, she's with her baby. But I was thinking of Kim and just seeing her leading worship. But then also, I see this for, for QCC worship leaders and musicians doing the worship thing, but going to the bars and, and singing, you know, and the way you look tonight. And people are like, I don't know what happened or who you are, but there's something about you. Can I talk to you? Can we have a glass of wine here? And we minister to people that way. I'm telling you, there is something about worship in this church, and I want to remind us of who we are. And so that that is just something I felt really strong, is that this church is not just a worshiping church. Worship is at our core. If you've ever said, what are some of QCC's values? And listen, I'm taking a risk here. I'm not on the leadership team, but I'm talking because I'm telling you, I know Robin's heart. I know John Mark's heart. I know many of the leaders' heart. It's not just that we're a worshiping church. It's that this church is called to actually walk in a place of worship that empowers people, changes culture, and really ministers to the Lord. And so I want to, I want to really call us into that is that if you've ever said, you know, wh- why do we do this? Why do we worship? It's because it's what we were put in this city to do. It's because it's what we were meant to do. It's because we are meant to be those that are a shining beacon of light. That's not just saying, you know, repent, you know, or go to hell. Yeah, that's a part of some of the the messaging. Sure, like, yeah, come to Jesus. But it's that we are ministering to the Lord and we are leaning in to our calling and a part of our nature and a part of our DNA, which is worship, which is which is creativity and Seeing those people out in the streets that are looking for something, they're coming here because there's something amazing and beautiful and real and unhyped and non-religious that is beginning to go out into the streets and, and minister to people as we minister to the Lord. It's like this cycle. And I just, I just feel it. Sometimes I come in here and I feel like, you know, and please don't think I'm new age here, but I feel like a vibration. Like, I'm like, there is a musical, it's in the walls, people. And, and I'm telling you, there's something powerful that, that this church, this body is meant to walk in. 
And I'm so excited about it. But we've got to understand the why. We've got to know when we gather on Sunday mornings, it's not just about the people up here leading us in some songs. We are doing this with intent. We are worshiping the Lord because it's what we're meant to do. And in the midst of that, he's changing us and he's changing those around us. And it's a really beautiful thing. So before we end, I want to um, do a couple of things. Number one, uh, if you are just wanting a, a, a deeper, personal, unique understanding, according to the word, through the power of the Holy Spirit, of worship in your own life, worship and praise, I want you to stand up and I want to pray for you. So if you, if you just say, Lord, I want a deeper understanding of that, like open my eyes, open my ears, whatever, just go ahead and do that. And we're just going to pray. And so that'll be step one. And then we'll uh, do something else. So Lord, I thank you for, excuse me, I thank you for the, um, the understanding of, of worship, the understanding of praise, why we do what we do. But beyond that, Lord, I pray that you would give each of us unique ways that you are asking us to connect with you, that you are really desiring from us, that you enjoy when one of us sings, the other one draws, the other one does pottery. Lord, that you're, you're showing us to step into these places of worship, to step into these places that we were always meant to walk in. Lord, I, I, I pray that you would open our eyes and let us not grow um, familiar with this, that, that you actually have said, this is what you were born to do. This is why you're here on this earth. I want to interact with you through worship. I want to receive that beautiful sacrifice of praise. Lord, whatever that is, if praise looks like, you know, going wild, let, let, let us go wild. But if praise looks like bowing in reverence and seeing who you are in the little things, we look out in our garden and we see that we have blooms actually coming up. We, we're thankful for those little things. But Lord, show us how to lean into that worship and praise in a real way. Take away obligation. Take away religion. Show us the real you and the real ways to connect with you through worship and praise. And I pray that you would give people access to that through your word and through the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. All right, one other thing I want to do. You can be seated, those who are standing up. If you are a musician, creative, or worship leader, and you call this your home church, can you please stand up? Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, sit down, stand up. Um, <laughs> um, so I just really want to pray. I, I, again, I just really feel something just so, I don't know. I just feel like the Lord is just calling us into, into knowing who we are and, and reminding this church and those who attend this church of, of who we are. Um, and so, Lord, I just pray for every creative and musician, songwriter, worship leader here. Lord, I pray that you would show them, um, especially in regards to QCC, what everything looks like, what, what their, their role is here, what, you know, what, you know, as far as just getting a heart for the, the sound and the songs and, and the worship that's being released. It's not for any kind of movement. It's not for any kind of label. It's not for any fame or fortune, but it's for you and to point others to you through what you've called this church to do. And so Lord, I just thank you for every worship leader, creative musician, painter, anything that I'm forgetting that attend this church, Lord, I pray that you would meet them, you would show them that they have a place, they have a home, and, um, and that you are calling them into something that's even greater than, than we understand. And, and so, Lord, we thank you. It's a privilege and an honor to serve you and to worship you and to help others 
come into that place. And so, Lord, we, we just bless every worship leader, every creative, every musician, every singer, every songwriter represented here in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you guys for uh, listening today. And I just bless you and worship all the time as much as you can. Amen. John Mark, looking good, by the way. Oh, thank you. I, uh, I just kind of want to reinforce something that David uh, said. I actually woke up the other day, I think part, possibly because, you know, my dad, who's the pastor of the church, has been in the hospital. And um, I, I've been thinking a lot about what, um, what is the legacy of the church? What is the vision? What is, why is Queen City here? I think there's a lot of good things that happens in the church, and everyone has different reasons for being in church and different churches have different calls and different things that they're doing. But it felt for some reason really important for me to articulate it, even just to myself. And I, um, and I was uh, getting a little bit frustrated. It's like, God, what is the, I mean, I can, I can, I can mention a hundred good things that we do at the church, but I like to be able to distill things because I feel like meaning flows from often flows from the ability or the attempt to articulate something, right? Is um, You solidify your thoughts when you write them down because you have to actually articulate them. And it was important to me, I think. I felt like um, because of my dad being in the hospital and thinking about the, the last, you know, how many years at Queen City, I, I, I was like, what, what is the future of Queen City? I feel like there's really important things going on here. And I just wanted to be able to articulate it, even if it was just for me. And I, and I got really frustrated because I had a million things that it could be. And I was like, what is the central thing that's kind of holding this together that has over the past few years? And um, I wasn't going to get up and do this, but David said that, and it made me feel like I should. So I'm doing it. But I woke up in the morning, and I remember the, why we started Queen City Church. Is there was a community of creative people who were floundering. They didn't have a home church. They were um, disconnected. A lot of them wanted to serve the Lord, but were struggling to serve the Lord because the church they were involved in um, got heavily political and there was less day-to-day talk about how to serve God in your life, with your family, with your kids, at your job. And so we started Queen City Church really to serve them. Obviously, Number one, first of all, it's not just a church for musicians. It never has been, right? Creativity is an essential part of life, and every single person in this room is creative and called to be creative. And whether it's trying to figure out a better way to get home from work, or maybe you're creative with numbers, or you're creative with business, you may not feel like a creative, but you are a creative. So this is in no way, shape, or form a church just for creatives and musicians. I feel like at times people have felt that way, and it's never been the case. But I do feel like Queen City is a church that is called to be a community of creative people who, over the years, speak into the fabric of the city of Charlotte. And I'm not a seven mountains person. I'm really not a, like, let's have Christians at the top of everything. We're going to change the world through empire. I'm not really interested in that. But what I do believe is that we are a city on a hill and we are salt and light, right? And we are called to serve God and express the fruit of the Spirit in a way that has an actual impact on the world around us. And I believe that's who we are. That's in our DNA as a church. And I believe... I was thinking about my dad. 
And what he, he walked away from his good job and his good ministry to start this church because he loved a group of people so much. And look what it's become. We've had people come through this church who have done incredible things. We've had missionaries, people who have led hundreds of churches come through the church. You probably don't even know. There's so, so many incredible things that have happened through Queen City. And I'm just, um, I just think it's an incredible moment to reflect. And also I'm excited about the future of the church, whatever that is. And I wasn't going to come up and say this, but I just wanted to reiterate that what David is saying, I believe anyway, if it means anything, is true. Is that everyone in this room is called to a life of worship that I believe is going to impact the way you do everything it is that you do. And you know, it's real easy to get cynical and forget that. It really is. You know? And I'm really not like a big, like, let's worship and the heavens are going to wage war. I mean, maybe in a metaphorical sort of sense. But what I do think is when we learn who we are, right, we change. And when we change, we have the ability to express, even just by the way we live, we have ability to show other people who they are and how the Lord feels about them. And that actually really, really does change people. You know what really, really does? When people learn that they work, because everyone actually wants to work. Not labor, not, but everyone actually wants to do, right? And I think when we learn that we do things not to earn, but we work from a place of being loved by God. It has a real impact. I hate the word impact. That has a real ability to alter the way people live and exist in the world. And that's what I believe Queen City is called to. Thanks for reminding me of this, David. So I really, really appreciate that. Anyway, I don't really know how to close a meeting anymore. And we already prayed. But let me just speak something over you. Maybe not even a prayer, but Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for what we're called to be and who we're called to be and who we are already in you. Thank you for the people you have put in this church. Thank you for the people who have come and gone that we still really love and we're not mad at them, but we miss them. And it was a privilege for them to be with us while they could be here. Thank you for those people. Thank you for the new people. Thank you for the 500 departments out here that will be filled with people who are moving here from all over the country who will need to know the love of God and need community and need friends. Thank you for all those people. Bring some of them here. We'd love to love on those people. And thank you for everyone in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much. I think we're going to close it for real now. (laughs) Thank you. That was awesome. I know the Lord has definitely healed my heart personally through worship. I was a shell of a person when I came in here six years ago as a single mom, recently separated, going into divorce. And he met me here and he healed me every Sunday morning through worship. So thank you, David, for that. I learned a lot. Um, we do have prayer teams. Um, if you would like prayer or a word of encouragement, please come up. We will have people up here. Otherwise, talk to someone new. Enjoy the rest of your week. Bye. You've been listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week. For more information on this message and other resources, visit queencity.church.